Hey everyone, welcome again to another installment of The Way It Is. I'm your host, Luca Andalfato with Remax Service First Realty. And uh, the title of today's podcast is When the Shit Hits the Fan, What Happens Next? And uh, I'm doing this uh, podcast today because of uh, some scenarios that have been taking place over the last uh, couple of weeks uh, in the real estate marketplace. Um, and uh, I'm going to, the uh, the names of the parties will remain that uh, will remain nameless and generic, but uh, these are certainly examples of uh, uh, situations that are arising in the marketplace, and that I think uh, you as uh, an audience need to be made aware of. Both if you're a realtor, if you're a, a buyer, a seller, a potential buyer or seller, uh, or someone just uh, uh, curious about what happens. So. Uh, I made some notes, so I'm going to refer back and forth. But um, the first scenario is is this: um, as we all know, markets goofy. Uh, people running around there making offers uh, without conditions in them on properties. So scenario one: buyer buys their house. Couple buys the house uh, a couple months ago. Um, no conditions, of course, no condition on financing, no condition on inspection, da, 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 da. So then, um, and of course the conversation happens as we all do, uh, with the client saying, you're sure you got your money, you pre-approved time you sign your offer, you need a deposit, but then you got to show up with the rest of it on D-Day, closing day. Anyway, so two weeks before D-Day, um, you get the call from the client um, we don't have the financing. So <laughs> needless to say, panic sets in a little bit, a little bit of anxiety starts. And what happens is in this particular situation, uh, we scramble and try to get the client some alternative financing through some other sources. And then that doesn't work. So now real life begins. So at this point in time, now that everyone knows that this individual will not be able to close this transaction on the date that it's set to do. Um, the other side needs to be notified. So the sellers, their agent, and you have to have the awkward conversations about, guess what? Buyer uh, can't close and isn't going to close. And so that now triggers a set of dominoes that now basically uh, uh, have their own have their own process. First and foremost, um, when the seller gets notified, uh, and this can happen through lawyers, uh, a lot of the time now it happens through agents first, and then the lawyers start talking. But in law, there's several recourses and remedies that the uh, in this particular case, the seller of this particular property would have. First and foremost, though, if you're a seller and this has happened to you or happening to you, you need to actually uh, start mitigating your damages almost immediately. That means you got to try to start doing things that are going to help put you in back into the place you were. So in this particular case, you would be uh, inclined to get the property back on the market at the earliest possible opportunity. Now, here's some other things that come into play and some other variables that need to, to be discussed. So in this particular case, uh, the buyer, the offers, there were multiple offers on the property. The buyer paid them over asking price. 
So now we're in a situation where if the seller doesn't get back what he got the first time, well, then that can lead to the damages and the uh, potential costs that the buyer may face if and when the seller um, starts <laughs> their lawsuit against the buyer. So once that happens, then if the seller is fortunate and the property sells for more more than the uh, the, the price they originally had, then that's great. That's better for them, better for the uh, for the buyer, and but it still may not cover all the costs because there's potentially two scenarios. First, let's say this owner of this property didn't buy another house. That would be the ideal scenario. So now they just need to get the property back on the market and resell it, or maybe they've changed their mind now and they'll move back into it. But let's say, and this happens more often than not, probably nine out of 10 times, these particular people went ahead and had to buy their house, next house because they were counting on the money from their current home. And that happens, like I said, that's the natural course of real estate. You sell your house today, you go out into the world, you buy another house, and all the trains are supposed to run on time and all the dates are supposed to match. So that, as you can well imagine, can lead to its own set of complications. What if these owners, now they're waiting to, for the money out of their house. Now they've got to scramble and try to get alternate financing. What happens if they can't get alternate financing? Now you're talking, now they've got to have conversations with the people of the house that they've purchased. And that could go on down the line. I've seen situations, um, not that this happened in it, but there's been four or five, six, six deals in the chain. So you can only imagine the spiral of crap that starts to happen when someone tips the first domino. And again, I'm not, so I guess one of the underlying points I want to bring home, and in this particular instance, in this particular buyer, certainly not throwing them under the bus because sadly, <laughs> as the title exists, as the title suggests of this podcast, shit does happen and sometimes out of your control. Um, and so again, it just reinforces the fact that people have to be so careful and so diligent in knowing what they're saying, what they're being told, what they're signing, what is being promised to them vis-a-vis -a, -vis a lender saying to you, yes, you're approved. Uh, is it a pre-qualification? Is it a pre-approval? Is it an actual commitment? What have you given them as information? All of those things. And I know, unfortunately, at the speed that the market is happening, because it is at breakneck speed, you've got to really just have that second thought and that take a breath and make sure that this stuff is set because I'm going to tell you now, now life gets ugly because a, no one wants to be sued. No one wants to have a lawsuit and no one wants to have big legal bills. I will tell you this. And I say this, to, <laughs> I sound like a broken record when I say these stupid, this is my Lukeism. I say this to all my friends and any, all my clients. First off, Lawsuits are only for those that can afford to be in them and those that can afford to stay in them. All right. So no one wants a lawsuit because it's uh, the only people that make money are the lawyers, sadly, uh, or more often than not. So that being said, going back to this particular scenario, 
the sellers didn't have another place uh, purchased. So that was a bit of a relief. But that being said, who knows what their life plans were with this money or what they were planning on intending to do with it and, and what other costs they incurred, uh, you know, da 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 If maybe they've moved into a rental, uh, you know, and now they've signed a lease, right? All those things. So, and then at the end of the day, if you're the, if you're the seller of, on this end of a situation like this, then you have to obviously have conversations with your, with your agent and with your lawyer, because at the end of the day, you also have to assess what exactly your damages are and what those real costs are. And then you have to assess how much money are you going to spend to try to get them back? So food for thought. The other thing is deposits with the offers. And I think I touched on this on a previous podcast, but the deposit, of course, the seller thinks, well, I get the deposit. I get their five grand or I get their 10 grand or I get their 25 grand. No, you don't. Unless it was specifically described in the agreement that if the deal didn't close or they didn't do something, it reverted to the seller. The deposits will now stay in the real estate trust accounts. And I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but there's literally millions and millions and millions of unclaimed deposit monies in provincial coffers right now because of a deposit can only be released back to either party by mutual consent, so a mutual agreement, or by a court order, meaning then you've taken it to task, you've filed a lawsuit, you've in, you're in front of a judge, and the, the judge says, yes, you get the deposit. So now this money sits there in limbo. So, and that could be maybe one of the remedies of the seller going back to these buyers saying, hey, listen, sign over your five grand to us or your 10 grand to us, and we'll call it a day and we'll walk away and we'll release you from any obligations because that's what you want so that we don't come back and sue you after the fact as well, right? So yeah, so that's scenario number one that is happening and i'm sure it's happening more often uh, in kingston than than we would know because of course uh you know when these deals get done you know months before uh you're moving on right you're into the next next set of deals and everything else and now it's uh it you know you have to go back and start gathering you know looking back into the files and seeing what's what and what happened so again just be very careful and be aware Scenario number two, uh, and this is one where, uh, again, potentially, well, potentially circumstances out of buyer control. And uh, again, deal was done months ago or weeks in advance. Closing date comes and buyer, the lender's not advancing the funds. And apparently the lender, well, Again, the appraisal didn't get ordered in time. And most lenders today, because of, again, the, the volume of deals that are happening, the speed at which they're happening, an appraisal is a, pretty much a requirement for lenders to, to advance funds and to secure the commitment of the mortgage. And that's because it's a, it's a big CYA process. The banks need to know that what you're buying uh, meets the value proposition of what you bought or what you paid and that their skin is safe in terms of the equity threshold and, and their security. So again, in this particular case, 
you know, the sellers in this particular property uh, had tenants in it. And these buyers didn't want these tenants. And the agreement said that the seller had to, whatever way they could, remove the tenants and not give vacant possession. So they did that by buying out the tenants and giving them, incentivizing them to vacate the property as of the date. So that cost them money. So in this particular case, it's not a function of the buyers can't close the deal. In fact, they would, would close the deal if they could. They just can't because of the missing appraisal not being done and the lender not being to, able to advance the funds. So in a situation like this, again, um, the remedy is going to be the two sides agreeing to, well, what's the cost to, to, to extend this deal and for how long? Right. And again, you're at the mercy of the appraisers. You're at the mercy of the lenders. And, you know, so it becomes a renegotiation in these in this particular scenario, realtors, uh, as well as the lawyers, nobody wants to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Right. I mean, everybody's come this far. Everybody spent their money and everybody still wants the everybody still is willing to do what they initially set out to do, which was to buy the property and sell the property, right? So, but now there's going to be added costs. So, and again, could be thousands of dollars, could be hundreds of dollars. I know sometimes when it's uh, an issue where because there's a uh, again, and a lot can happen, believe me, um, when the lenders go to advance funds and the day of closing uh, with lawyers getting their you know processes done, sometimes it'll revert to a per diem cost uh, that's calculated based on, uh, I'm pretty sure the amount of the, uh, the, the funds that were to, or the proceeds of the sale uh, being charged at a certain prescribed interest rate and then the cost prorated on a daily interest basis. So, and that's assuming that it, it's some kind of technical error or excusable delay and it's imminent that it's going to happen. The closing can happen the next day or within 48 hours or even a week to say at the latest. But if it's going to go past that, then lawyers have conversations agents have conversations it's going to say what's it worth for us to keep this deal alive or to go out and because the seller also has to decide is it worth all the time and effort and hassle to get this property back on the market go through the process hold offers do all that kind of stuff right so these are the types of real life real world uh things that uh that are happening and can happen we don't, they're not, uh, you know, they don't make the papers unless they're very, very, um, you know, high profile, I guess. Um, I know in um, this real estate magazine I subscribe to, there was a case uh, just recently, and that's another reason why I thought this was the time to do this podcast. It was a bit serendipitous, where um, the one article was these buyers lost their $100,000 deposit. So not only they uh, so they in this particular example the buyers made an unconditional offer bought this home and as most people are doing then put their other property for sale well in this particular case the property didn't sell so then the buyer couldn't show up on closing because they didn't have the money didn't have their house sold so now they're pooched so they informed the seller uh, when they when that happened and then the seller did exactly what I described earlier they went ahead put the property back up for sale actually and here's the twist they actually sold it for more than what this buyer had given them 
But guess what? They still sued for the deposit because again, the deposit sits in escrow essentially or in trust, right? Until someone decides where it goes. And so they took the, uh, the, the buyer to court and the buyer said, well, that seems a little bit onerous and uh, punitive, dra, dra, dra. but in this particular case, the judge ruled that no, you know what? It was part of a normal agreement. You made the deposit based on a normal agreement of purchase and sale in normal circumstances. It's immaterial that they got more than the asking price for their house the second time around. I'm gonna award them the deposit. Now, that buyer I'm sure could probably try to appeal that decision, but again, it's about how much good money deal with chase after bad money, right? So so those are, uh, those are some scenarios that I wanted to bring to your attention of the sort of uglier side of uh, real estate when it gets down to the nitty gritty. And again, um, you know, it's about having these conversations upfront in the beginning, uh, being counseled, um, and uh, so that you know where you stand at every step of the process. Um, that's what, why I'm here. Um, and, uh, you know, that's why your lawyer's there, but, uh, I can tell you that. And again, I don't want to paint an ugly picture. I don't want to scare everybody today. This isn't fear mongering by any means. And, and, and I'm going to probably say that this in normal times is the exception to the rule in today's market. I dare say it is happening probably potentially more frequently than it should. And again, it's because people aren't paying attention and they're and they're operating at a speed that isn't normal and and they're trying to play catch up and uh, and that's when you get hurt and that's when you can get stung at the end of the day everybody makes mistakes so that goes without saying the propensity to make mistakes more often is in these times when when things are happening faster than they normally do so i'll leave it at that uh, I appreciate your time as always, and, and thank you for listening. I hope it was informative, and um, I'm always happy to uh, you know, answer any questions. If you have any, feel free to send me an email and, uh, and, uh, and, and have those conversations. So thanks again, and we'll catch you on the next one.